like five straight weeks of running, running, run, running, and you not expect me to dance. What is up Saturday night? Good to see you guys. Woo! Glad you are here at Next Level. It is crazy to think that this is already the conclusion of our Starting Line series. And we've covered just a ton of ground over the last few weeks. Starting this series on, on Easter Sunday. Just talking about this idea and this metaphor of, of our lives being like a race. And how God has a race, a very specific race that He wants every single one of us to be running in our lives. And we've got to run at the right pace. We've got to run the right race. And we've got to run the race with others. We've covered so much ground in this. Well, tonight is the conclusion of our Starting Line series. And in part five, we're going to be talking about finishing the race well. Finishing the race well. Don't we all know somebody who is a great starter but is not very good at finishing things? You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you walk through their garage and they just, they'll show you. All of the stuff that they started, but they didn't get done. And you know, they're like, here's this thing, and I started it. Man, I'm telling you, though, it's going to be cool. One of these days, this is going to, I'll take you out. It's like, no, you won't, because you're not going to finish. We all know people, don't we, who start things. They start projects. They start, you know, whatever. And and then they don't, they, they can't seem to finish it. They don't finish well. You know, it's funny when it's in somebody's garage, and it's a, a project that doesn't really matter. But the reality is every one of us can probably think of somebody in our life who is a great starter, but isn't very good at finishing in terms of their life, in terms of their marriage. Some of us, perhaps, tonight can think of someone who's a great starter at relationships, but doesn't finish very well. There's someone in our office who is a great starter of projects, but doggone, they just can't seem to push it across. They just can't, they don't finish well. And we look on at their lives and we go, you know what, if you just do the last piece, if you just run those last few yards across the finish line, man, it'd change everything in your life. It'd change everything in your relationships. It'd change everything in your relationship with God. For, ever, for whatever reason, they don't finish well. And that's why we're talking about this as we close out this starting line series in part five. It was the Apostle Paul who was writing uh, in the books of First and Second Timothy. And he's writing to his spiritual son in the faith, Timothy. And in his letters, actually in Second Timothy chapter four, Paul makes an interesting statement because he has run his race well. He's, he's coming to the end of his life on earth and he's been persecuted. He's been jailed for extended periods of time. He's had all of these incredible missionary endeavors, church planting endeavors, and he's coming to the end of his life. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the second letter that Paul writes to Timothy, I want you to see what he says in verse 6 and verse 7. He says, verse 6, For I am already, he says, being poured out like a drink offering. In other words, my life is just, it's, it is being poured out that the end is near. And the time has come for my departure. In other words, I am not long for this world. Verse 7, look at this. I have fought the good fight, he writes to his spiritual son, Timothy. I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. Paul's writing to Timothy in his last days, the last moments of his life, reflecting on all that his life has been, 
all that he's given his energies to, his attentions to, he's reflecting on all of this, and he says to Timothy, Timothy, in looking back over my life, I can tell you that I have run the race God wanted me to run well. I've finished the race. And then he says this, and I haven't lost my faith in the process. Don't we want that? Isn't that what every one of us deep down inside somewhere really want? To be able to look back on our life someday and say, you know what? I knew the race God wanted me to run. I ran it well. And I didn't lose my faith in the process. Every one of us on some level of our life want that. So how do we do that? How do you and I finish the race well? If you have your Bible, I would love for you to turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screens behind me. You'll be able to follow along there. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I want to look at a passage of Scripture, five verses to be exact, from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, where previous to Paul saying, the end is near, I've run my race, I've run it well. And I haven't lost my faith in the process. Before that, he's writing to Timothy in the context of, of the first letter of Timothy that Paul's writing is, is that, that Timothy is a young man. Many theologians believe that he was either a late teenager or at the very oldest in his early 20s. And he finds himself as the lead pastor of the, the, this church plant in the city of Ephesus. And so Timothy finds himself, in, in God's just pouring out his spirit. People's lives are being changed like crazy. And so Timothy, this young man in the faith, finds himself the pastor of several thousand people in the city of Ephesus. And so he is trying to figure out the whole leadership deal. He's trying to figure out what this whole thing means and the race that God's called him to run at Ephesus and how he's supposed to navigate the scenarios and the, the strong personalities of, of the people involved there at Ephesus. And so Paul's writing to encourage Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 12, I want us to see because Paul gives us five principles that I believe have everything to do with us finishing our race well. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But instead, Timothy, set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and impurity. If you want to write a couple of thoughts down and follow along in your bulletin on the inside left, left panel there, you can follow my train of thought throughout this talk tonight because the first thing I want us to see in terms of us finishing this race well is this. Paul gives this advice to Timothy. He says, Timothy, number one, don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let anyone look down on you. And guys, listen, if we're going to finish the race that God has for us and finish it well, and not lose our faith in the process. The first place we have to start is right here and right here. In our head and in our heart. By not allowing anyone to look down on us. And for Timothy specifically, it was because he was young. Timothy, just because you're a young guy, man, don't let anybody intimidate you from running your race. Don't let anyone back you into a corner for running your race. Just because, just because your calling is different or just because you play a different role, just because God gifted you differently, man, don't let anyone look down on you, including yourself. And I just believe that the word God has for so many of us this weekend as we conclude this series is this. It is time for so many of us to stop letting people look down on us, including ourselves. Listen, I believe this is a word from God for us this weekend, church. Listen, because I believe there's so many of us who've struggled with this. 
That in some area of your life you go, yeah, but I'm not as good as that person. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not as gifted. Yeah, but I didn't grow up in that part of the right city or the right state or the right country. If I was just like this, or I, yeah, if I just had a different personality, or if I just had a better clue, then I would. And God would say to you tonight, no. you got to quit that kind of thinking. If God's put you where you are, lead there. If God's put you where you are, you function confidently. I believe there are some moms and dads in this place tonight. And you've struggled. Man, you've wrestled with feeling inadequate. And God would say to you tonight, enough. I've called you. I've given you those kids. And you lead them. You lead strong, mom. You lead strong, dad. Don't let anyone talk you out of believing that you can't do the job. You can do the job. Some of us who are, who are business owners and business leaders in our community, listen, wherever God's put you, whatever door God's opened for you in your life to, to walk through, you walk through confidence. Start leading there. Next Level Church, listen, imagine our city. Imagine what could happen in Fort Myers. Imagine what could happen across Southwest Florida if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of us, if several thousand of us begin to band together and say, right where God's put me, I'm going to lead with confidence there. I'm not going to let anyone look down on me. Because of my race, because of my color, because of my background, because of my experience or the lack of, or because of my age, I'm going to lead where God's put me. I'm going to walk confidently and know that the power of the Holy Spirit's within me, and He's going to give me the ability to be who God's called me to be and run that race, and I'm not going to let anyone talk me out of it. Imagine the implications for our city. Imagine the implications for our families. Imagine the implications for our lives. Paul says, Timothy, don't let anyone talk you out of the race God's calling you to run. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and in purity. He continues on in verse 13. He says this, until I come, Paul's intention was to come and visit him. Until I come, he says, verse 13, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching Listen, number two, if we're going to finish the race well, we have to devote ourselves to the Word. If we're going to run the race with endurance, if we're going to finish the race of our life that God has called us to, and finish it well, then we must devote ourselves to this book. Because what's written in the pages of this book, the Holy Bible, has the power to change our lives. Let me say this, knowledge alone is worthless. And trust me, there are a lot of Christians out there who have a whole bunch of knowledge of this book and it is absolutely worthless to their life. But knowledge of the Word of God applied to our life has tremendous power. Tremendous power. And there are a lot of Christians out there and in here who don't just have knowledge of this book for knowledge's sake, not just head knowledge and let's go deeper, let's go deeper. Forget deeper. You want deep? Ready? Here's deep. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we get that one, we'll move on. Deep. You want deep? Go shark hunting. That's deep. With big waves. Make you seasick. That's deep. I know because I did it. I was this close to barfing off the edge of the boat. Just telling you, deep. Listen, knowledge alone is powerless. Knowledge applied 
is powerful. And that's what we've got to get. That's what we've got to get. This book has the power to change our lives, has the power to change our city, has the power to change our marriages, has the power to change our workplaces. Knowledge applied of the Word of God has power. That means we've got to become self-feeders. That's why we soap. You'll notice that one of the phrases we use around here at Next Level Church often is this concept of soap, S-O-A-P. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And if I was cool, I would rap that for you, but I'm not. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to rap as much as I want to right now. I'm not going to rap. You know why? Because my wife's sitting down here and she will kill me if I rap a soap song and I don't have one. So I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. The reason why we soap at Next Level Church, if you don't, ha- don't have one of these, by the way, they're out in the foyer. You can get them all. There's racks all over our foyer. You can get, these are our soap guides. And soap is like the every man's, you know, way of studying and applying God's word. Because again, around here at Next Level Church, listen, it's not just, it's not enough for us to just read a whole bunch of stuff and let's all just read like 15 chapters a day and just read and read and read and not get anything. We would rather have you, philosophically, we would rather have every one of us who are part of Next Level find one verse a day, one verse a day, that is specifically a God word for us personally than for us to just read chapter on chapter on chapter and Hezekiah and so and so and all these names I don't understand and okay, well, Lord, I did my deal and thanks, check. Worthless. What is powerful is this book applied to our life. Listen, if you don't understand the whole soap concept or that's a new deal for you, first thing, grab one of these soap guides and then go to nextlevelchurch.com slash soap. You can listen to an entire message I did on, on unpacking what it means to soap and how you do it, step by step by step, what it means to soap. And I'm telling you, there are hundreds and hundreds of us across Next Level who know what it is to, to experience the power of the Word of God coming to life in applicable ways. Knowing how to feed ourselves, not just waiting on whoever is up here to feed us. Listen, if you're waiting on whoever is on this stage every weekend to feed you, you're going to go hungry. If you're waiting on Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen or Rapture Dude, whatever, to feed you, I don't know. Good news, everybody. It's 610. Come on. Come on. We made it. As if we're so arrogant as to believe it, God would choose the eastern time zone of the world. But, you know, it's all right. Some of you are like, please, God, please, God, please. So that's all right. You got more time zones. It's cool. (laughs) Listen, if you're waiting on Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or Matt Keller or whomever to feed you, you're never going to become all God wants you to become in your heart and in your spirit. But if we'll learn to to read and apply for ourselves to become self-feeders, that's where the power is. That is is where the power is. And so Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, Timothy, listen, if you're going to be in this thing for the long haul, if you're going to finish the race, then you've got to devote yourself to the Word. You've got to devote yourself to Scripture. Verse 14, he continues on and gives us our third principle of finishing the race well. He says this in verse 14, Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Number three, if we're going to finish the race well, the race God's called us to run with our life, then we've got to keep growing our gift. We've got to keep growing our gift. Listen, it can't be understated. God's given each one of us a gift, and He wants, to u- wants us to use it for His glory and for others' benefit. That 
can't be understated. See, one of the huge keys of finishing the race well in our life is knowing why in the heck we're here. And yet how many of us go through life, walk through life, not really knowing why we're here? God wants us to use our life. God wants to use our past circumstances. God wants to use our personality. God wants to use our passions, our skills, our talents, our abilities, our giftings to, for his glory and for others' benefit. Around Next Level Church, we believe that every single one of us, every single one of us have been given a ministry and a passion. And we believe God wants to use our life to impact someone else's life. And it has everything to do with knowing how he's wired us, then discovering how God's made us so we can discover our place in his kingdom and what he's doing. And maybe you're looking at your life and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but Matt, I'm all screwed up, and Matt, I'm just new at this, and Matt, I don't understand, and Matt, I'm not qualified, and Matt, I'm this, and Matt, I'm this. here's what we need to understand. God knows. God's big. And God's not at all intimidated by your past. In fact, God wants to use your past as your platform to impact someone else's present and future. If you want to tweet something, tweet that. At Matthew Keller. That was a good quote. I'm going to listen to that back. I'm like, holy, I'm going to write that down. <clears throat> Some of us have... have lived under guilt and condemnation of our past and thought, God can't use me. Some of us have, have lived under this heavy weight of, well, when I get all healed up and better from my past, then God could use me. Here's what I think. I think there is tremendous healing even while we're still broke even while we still are working through our issues, I believe God does something in a, a, healing, in a healing way when you and I are willing to minister, are willing to allow God to use our life to impact someone else, even while we're still walking out our own healing process. Does that make sense? And yet, here's what I think. I think that some of us this weekend have just been holding on and holding on and holding on, going, man, I, I just, I, as soon as I get, as soon as I, as soon as, and it doesn't mean we don't need to process that. Yes, absolutely. Listen, it's, it's time, baby. You're qualified. You know how I know you're qualified? Because you're breathing. You're qualified for God to use your life to impact someone else's life. Can I tell you what happened today? Today was our third Saturday outreach in our communities downtown, and I am just buzzing from this. I've never been so proud to be a part of Next Level Church as I am today. I mean that. Never. Even on grand opening weekend. I don't think I've ever been as proud as I am to be a part of Next Level Church as I am today. And here's why. Because dozens and dozens of you put on your orange t-shirts and you went downtown and served the moms of our communities. Listen to this. Close to 115 moms got massages by professional mas massager people, masseuse, 
Masseuse, is that like Dr. Seuss is there? What's going on? We read the kids, Dr. Seuss. I don't even understand that. Listen, 115 moms, 115 moms got professional masseuses done stuff, manicures, pedicures, makeup done, hair, if they let us touch their weave, which we were cool with. And pictures taken of them and, 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 and outfits. They got to pick out outfits, new outfits. And then at the end of it all, we took their pictures so that they could have these amazing pictures of what they look like at their best. And I, there were three of the ladies who, who were in charge of this thing, putting it on, came in the office a couple hours ago while I was practicing my message. And they walked in and I ran out of my office. I ran out of my office and I ran up to the front door and I said, tell me about it. Because I wasn't about to go in there with 115 ladies. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Man, you, got, you know your limitations right there. I'm not going near. But I want to hear about it. And these three ladies were just like, just telling me. You know why? Because they know the power of leveraging their life, leveraging their passions. The one who was in charge of it all, her name's Wendy. And she's, had a, she's been a part of our church for years, seven or eight years relocated from Indiana, moved her and her husband, the whole deal, came down here. And Wendy, for years, has had a passion for single moms. You know why? Because for so many years, she was one. Well, guess what, Wendy? I don't even know if she's here. Today, your dream came true. Your passion came true. And over a hundred women who would never in a million years have exposure to that kind of pampering and treatment got loved on in Jesus' name because one lady, Wendy, said, let's make a difference in the heart and the life of moms. Come on, you guys. That's what it's all about. I've never been so proud. Never been so proud of being a part of Next Level Church. Man, I love this. When we use our... When we use our gifts and our talents. That's why we do Discover Your Place tomorrow night, 5 to 7. you got to get here. you got to get here. If you've not been to Discover Your Place, you got to do it. Pick up the personality test like the guy said on your way out. You make plans. Whatever you were doing tomorrow night, guess what? It can wait. Cancel it. I'm serious. Tomorrow night will change your life because you will discover how God's wired you, how God's made you, and you will be able to walk out of tomorrow night going, I know what God's called me to do. I know how God is going to use my life because we believe whatever it is that you're most passionate about and gifted toward is how God wants to use your life to impact somebody else for his glory. And so Paul's writing to Timothy in verse 14, and he says, Timothy, come on, bro, you got to get this. You got to keep growing your gift. Then he goes on in verse 15. He says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. If we're going to run the race and finish well, number four, we got to stay focused. We got to stay focused. In other words, we can't allow ourselves to get distracted. We've talked about this. There are 10 million distractions that threaten to pull you and I off course every single day. And we must stay focused. Paul says, Timothy, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself holy to them. Focus on these things, man. Because this is the race you're called to run. Don't get distracted by a whole bunch of other stuff. A great illustration for this, and I would do it except I really can't, is, is someone who can juggle. That many of you, I, we could probably pull somebody up except we don't have anything to juggle. 
But you know what I'm like, you, you know, someone who juggles three balls and they're just like, well, oh, all day long, what's up now? Right. And they just juggle and juggle like they're like they are their own, you know, party, you know, conversation maker and they can juggle three balls. But when you throw them a fourth ball, they're like, right. And they drop them all. You know what I'm talking about? Well, here's the thing. As long as they juggle three balls. They can juggle all day long. They can hold out a conversation with you. They can, you know, they can eat Chick-fil-A while they're juggling three balls. Like, they got it. They got it. All day long. But the minute you add a fourth ball, they drop. Well, here's the thing. So many of us are trying to juggle four balls, five balls, six balls, eight balls, 11 balls in our life. But the truth is, you know what? You're really good at juggling about three balls. There are three balls that you can juggle all day long and eat Chick-fil-A at the same time. All day, except on Sunday. All day long. But here's the thing. If someone who's great at juggling three balls tries to juggle 11 balls, guess what happens? They drop them all. And the whole world stands around looking, going, that person can't juggle. And the truth of the matter is, they really can juggle. They just can't juggle all that. And here's what I believe. I believe that there are many of us who are listening right now. And you look around your life and you are juggling 11 balls. And you're running from this activity to this activity and you're taking on this project and you're owning this and you're trying to go there. You're trying to do that. You're trying to maintain your marriage and you're trying to keep up with this and you're trying to do all of it. And you got 11 things going on and all of them are dropping. And God would say to you this weekend, what are the three biggest priorities? What are the three things that you can devote yourself to, that you can be diligent about? See, sometimes so much of running our race and finishing well has to do with what we're not going to do. Every bit as much as it does with what we are going to do. So think about your life. Is it really necessary, really necessary for Johnny to play on three Sports teams at the same time? Every semester? Every season? He's got to be on three. Is it really necessary? Is it really necessary for you to be so busy that you're gone every week? That you never have a date night? That you never sit around your kitchen table for dinner? Is it really necessary? Is it really necessary for you to work 70 plus hours per week? You're telling me that your boss would call you in in a matter of days and say, you're fired if you don't put in 70 hours every week. You might need a different job. Is it really necessary? Or are we putting this on ourselves? Is it really necessary or are we allowing the world to put these weights on our shoulders, these expectations on our shoulders? Yeah, but I want little Johnny to be well-rounded. What if he's really good at archery and I don't expose him to it and and we never find out? That's a chance you're just going to have to be willing to take. You can pay Johnny's counseling bill 15 years from now when he's like, I wish I would have been able to do archery. They forced me to do after school chess. You can pay for it then. Really? Is that the point? 
That our family juggles 11 balls? Is that the point? That we try and be all things to all people all the time? Is that really the point? Or do we need to say no to some good things so we can say yes to the best things in our life? Thank God Johnny got to do archery for a semester. Your marriage stinks. Dude, he's a great archer. Awesome. Is it really necessary? What if? What if? Wow, there's like this angry sort of sarcastic edge on me tonight. I like it. I like it. You come back Sunday morning, we might be showing this video because this is good. Listen, if you don't amen me, I will. Come on. (laughs) Still time for the rapture. (laughs) It's all right. Six o'clock somewhere. Listen. What if, play a game, what if you took out your calendar right now and in the next week, the next two weeks, the next month of your life, right now I said to you, three things on your calendar have to go away in the next week, next two weeks. Three things must be eliminated from your calendar or else. I don't know what the or else is, but or else. You get raptured. Or else. Three things have to go away. Every single one of us could find three things that we would eliminate in the next week. Wouldn't we? Why not just eliminate them now? But they're really good. Right. Right. There will always be really, really good things out there. But if we're talking about finishing our race well, Maybe we need to let about eight of those balls drop so we can grab the three that we can juggle and we can be best at that. And that's what Paul's writing to Timothy and telling him. Be diligent in these matters, Timothy. Give yourself wholly to them. Don't give a piece of you here, a piece of you there, a piece of you here, a piece of you there. Give yourself wholly to these three things. Devote yourself to those things so that everyone can see your progress. In other words, so people don't look at your life and go, dude, you can't juggle. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You can't juggle 11, but you can juggle 3. Verse 16, and I close. I don't want to close because I'm having fun. Man. Verse 16, watch your life, he writes to Timothy, and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because, here's the payoff, here's the result. Because if you do, if you watch your life and doctrine closely and you persevere, you don't give up in them. If you do, here's the result, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Number five, we have to watch our life and not give up. If we're going to finish the race well, we have to watch our life and not give up. That's what we have to do. If we're going to finish this race, the race of following Christ, the race of running after God, the race of giving our whole life, dedicating our whole selves to Jesus forever. For every day of our life. If we're going to run well, then we have to watch our life and not give up. Listen, make no mistake about it. Running after Christ with our whole life is not going to be easy. It's a daily battle. It's a daily battle for what goes into our mind and what comes out. And it's going to take perseverance. 
Marathon runners will tell you that when you run a marathon, there's this moment in time where, and they all use the same phrase, where you hit the wall. And you feel like, I can't go on any further. I can't run one more step. And you hit the wall. But every marathon runner will tell you, every successful marathon runner will tell you that if you push past the wall, if you'll just keep going and not give up, if you'll persevere, if you'll press past the wall, there's a second wind that hits you and allows you to finish the race. And that's what Paul's saying to Timothy right here. He says, Timothy, if you'll push past, if you'll, if you'll push past that moment where you feel like it can't go on, where I feel like my life is just overwhelming, if you'll push past, if you'll persevere, there's a reward and there's victory. And notice who he says the reward and victory is for, not just for you, but for everyone who hears the message of your life, Timothy. You'll save both yourself and your hearers. In Next Level Church, I would say to us as we stand at this conclusion of our starting line series that we have a choice to make in this race. Will we give up? Or will we persevere and run the race that the Master has set out before us? Because if we'll persevere, if we'll push through the pain, if we'll push past the hard times, We'll run together and not give up. There's a harvest, not just for us, but for every person who our life comes in contact with. So my question for us this weekend as we conclude this series is this. Are you running the race? Are you running your race for Christ? First of all, that's the first question. Maybe you're here this weekend and that's that's you. You're, you're not even running for Christ. You're running for self. You're running for promotion. You're running for your own ambition. You're running for wealth. You're running for fame. You're running for prestige. You're, you're running, you're running for, for something. For yourself. You're running for him. You're running for her. You're running for whatever. Something other than Christ. Jesus wants you to know, listen, you're never going to find fulfillment and satisfaction running after something other than him. But today, this can be your moment. This can be your moment where in your heart, see to right where you are, either in this room or in another environment, maybe you're watching or listening over the internet or on your iPod, whatever. Listen, right now, this can be your moment where you step across that line and you go, yeah, I want to run my race for Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And the second question for us, all of us, as we conclude this series is are you running your race well? Are you running your race like you know God wants you to run? What's tripping you up? What's keeping us from running the race well? Because tonight is a night where we can be free from those weights, those pressures, those stresses, those Sins that entangle us, that seem to weave themselves around our legs and make it difficult for us to run. 
So here's what I want to do. I want to close in prayer for two things. One, if that's you and you need to run after Christ and, and make that declaration tonight, you, I want to do that. But secondly then, if you've got something in your life that's tripping you up and you just want to just pull it off and throw it on Him, I want to give us an opportunity to do that tonight. Can we do that? Across this room, let's just bow our heads real quick. Just nobody looking, nobody talking, nobody moving around. This is just a, a, a private, personal moment and the Lord is here. If you're here and, and you've never said yes to Christ, or maybe you did, but it was a long time ago, and you know you've been running your race for something other than Him, and you, you want to make your life right with Christ tonight, I just want to encourage you right now, just slip your hand up right now across this room. Just one, two, three. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, whatever. Just throw your hand up right now. Real quick. Awesome. Awesome. You've been running for something other than Christ. Awesome. Fantastic. You've been pursuing something other than Jesus. This is your chance to just say, Matt, I want to come back. I need, I need Jesus. First time. Whatever. Any, anybody else? Just across this room. Just Awesome. Father, you see those hands. You see those hands of so many of us who have been running a race for something other than you. And so Jesus, tonight, we just acknowledge that. We acknowledge that the Bible calls that sin. And sin is the thing that separates us from you. But we thank you tonight that you, Jesus, died on the cross, as Scott talked about a few minutes ago during our communion time, and shed his blood and his body was broken so that we could be forgiven. He paid the price on the cross with his body and his blood for our sin. And so God, tonight, we just acknowledge that our sin is paid in full. We just say yes and say thank you. And we just receive the free gift of eternal life right now, right where we are. We just accept you into our life and we say, Jesus, from this moment forward, we're going to run after you. We're going to run after you. Second question, if that's you and you've got an area of your life that's tripping you up, Jesus wants you to be free from that which is entangling you, that which keeps weaving around your legs, that which keeps being a heavy weight on your shoulders of guilt or of pressure or of stress or, or whatever that's, that's holding you back from running the race you know God's called you to. If that's you, I just want to pray for you tonight as well. Would you just, just slip your hands up just across this room, man? You got to wait. You got something that's just entangling you. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's just worldly pressure. Keep your hand up. Just keep your hand up. God, you see so many of us, so many of us. My hand is up as well. And we're just, God, we're just carrying weight. And it's causing us to not run the race well. Lord, we're just, we're, some of us, we're entangled in sin and we need set free. We're, we're in bondage. Some of us are battling addictions and we just pray you would break those off of us tonight. Lord, we don't want to leave this place the same. So God, help us tonight to just be free, Lord. For, the, for some of us who feel pressure from the world, who feel the stress of what in our parenting or in our work or from our boss or from a spouse, from, from neighbors, whatever. God, we just, we just cast that care on you tonight, Lord, as your word says. Lord, we just, we just pull it off our shoulders and throw it at the foot of your cross and say, Jesus, we can't keep doing this. This is holding us back from running the race well. So we just grab it and throw it at you tonight in the spirit realm. Lord, we just give it to you that we would leave this place lighter, no longer entangled by sin or the weight of bondage or the weight of guilt or pressure or stress. Because, God, we want to finish the race called us to run we want to say what Paul said I fought the good fight I finished the race and God I've kept the faith Lord that is our heart's cry tonight in Jesus name
And all across this room, everybody who was running free said a good amen. Amen.